Well, again, good morning, everybody. We are uh, beginning a new series this morning, and it's, uh, uh, it's kind of fun, but not so fun. It's called The Ugly Within. And, um, you know, I've got good news and I got some bad news for you. We're pretty, we're a good news church, right? But uh, I got some good news and I got some bad news. And, you know, I, I don't have to tell you that this time that we're living in is sort of bringing out some ugly. That might be something that you are experiencing. Um, it didn't take much to stop and just think that through. I had, I had an experience, it was earlier in the week, it was my day off, I'm sitting on the sofa, Linda and I are watching the news, I've got my coffee, and uh, I'm just, and I realized that I had judged, uh, and I was speaking it out loud, like it wasn't even, it wasn't even that like careful about it, like I wasn't pretending that I was more mature spiritually and in better shape in my soul than I actually was. I was just saying to Linda, oh, look at her and what she's wearing. And then, oh, look at that person. And like, I was commenting on everybody that was in front of me, like it was the worst. I'm like, what is the matter with me? I was super just like critical and dude, what kind of ugly is coming? This time that we are in right now is bringing out some of that stuff in us. And I got good news, which is always what we share. We share good news. And then I've got some bad news. And we're going to spend some time talking about the ugly within and how it is that we submit that stuff to the Lord Jesus and how it is that we recognize that it's there and how it is that we move past it and through it and have God do his work in us. So I don't know, that might sound a little bit like you're like, oh man, I don't want to look at the ugly within. Yeah, I know. And that's what we do. But uh, let's tell you what, we'll just keep telling stories of our ugly and you'll be like, oh yeah, that's me. I get that. So what is it that uh, uh, we, we want to talk about this good news and bad news? Good news, bad news sounds like a joke, doesn't it? It sounds a little bit like a joke. And even people who don't like puns sort of like good news, bad news jokes because there's sort of a, you know, there's a reveal involved. And so I want to talk about that this morning a little bit. We're going to get real as uh, the, the kind of the state that we're in as human beings. I've got some good news. I got some bad news. And then I got some worse news. All right. And that's the sermon today. And I can just hear the sound of everyone leaving the Zoom meeting right now. Uh, and, but I got good news, bad news, then worse news, but then I got better news, which is really the best news, okay? And that's what we're gonna be about. Now listen, the thing is, I'm gonna do a little theology uh, lesson, and there is no way that I should be preaching this sermon in 20 minutes. There's no way that I would expect you to be able to track it and follow along, except that you are star students, okay? You, and don't tell anybody else, but you're my favorite congregant. Yeah, you. And so I know that you can do this. I know that you can track and maybe you should take notes and there'll be special um, prizes for those if you wanna um, let me know that you took notes. But you, uh, you, try to hang with me here and just realize how much of uh, scripture, as I introduce this sermon series, how much scripture is just on our side to help us be uh, full of life followers of Jesus. And so, uh, man, we're gonna zoom through here. Are you ready? Are you ready just to zoom? Are you ready to do some scripture zoom? Are you ready to kind of try to track with me and hang on for the rest of our time? Raise your hand if you're in, if you're ready to do that. Okay, I see that. All right, thank you, Francois, I got you. All right, here we go. So uh, first of all, I told you I've got good news. I've got good news. So I got good news. We, we, uh, here's the good news. The good news is that we are redeemed, that we're forgiven and that we're given new life in the spirit. We're redeemed, we're forgiven, we've got new life in the spirit. And we know this good news, we celebrate this good news. This is all about the, the fact that through the cross of Christ, we've been given eternal life. 
through grace. This is what God's given us. He's given us the gift of life and he's given us his Holy Spirit, which makes us alive spiritually. So we're born again. I mean, the scripture's full of this teaching. I mean, one example is 2 Corinthians 5. Write that down because you're not gonna see the scripture. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. We have been made new in Jesus. We've got been redeemed to a relationship with God. Our sins are cast as far as the East is from the West and nothing keeps us from a relationship with God. Hey, I just noticed our online pastor, Danny. Really, Danny Kilgore, are you gonna be trying to keep up with me with those scriptures? That is awesome. Okay, I dare you. I dare you to try. Here we go. All right. It's so good. We love this good news. And it's what all that we want, the sto- we want the whole story to be this good news that we've been redeemed and forgiven and we've been given a relationship with God. And we're like, that's so great. But maybe like me, you recognize that is not the full story. In fact, not only do we have good news, but we've got some bad news as well. And the bad news is that even though we're redeemed, the bad news is the flesh still puts up a good fight. The flesh, the body, the, the, the natural part of us that's, that's opposed to the spiritual part of us. It, you see this in the scripture. Some of your older Bibles used to call it the sinful nature. But it, was the, it really is the word flesh. It means the word body. It means the stuff of this earth, the stuff of me, the stuff that's human. Listen, as a part, of, as, as a part from the things that are of God, the spiritual things. So we've got this good news that we're forgiven people, but man, the bad news is our flesh keeps putting up a fight. Come on, does anybody got a testimony for me in the house? You guys relate to this truth? There's this temptation. There's this to be earthly, to be human in our actions and our reactions, as opposed to simply being spiritual and godly in our actions. A couple of verses, try to keep up here, Danny. Galatians chapter five. So I say, walk by the spirit. This is Galatians 5, 16. So I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For what the flesh desires is contrary to the spirit. And what the spirit desires is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other. This is a, this is a scriptural truth. Man, I want it to be just the good news. We're saved. It's so good. But this flesh keeps putting up a fight. Jesus himself, remember he said this to his disciples in the garden, Matthew 26, 41. Matthew 26, 41, Jesus said to them, would you stay with me? Would you hang with me during this difficult time? I know the spirit is willing. All right, say it with me, church. But the flesh is weak. See, there's that thing that the flesh keeps putting up a really good fight. Romans 7, 15, and you gotta go study this passage, Romans 7, 7, 15 to the end of the chapter and on into chapter eight. But just look at this one verse. This is where Paul goes, look at I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do as this rescued and grateful and, and, and forgiven person, what I want to do, I do not do. But what I do, uh, what I hate, I do that. And he goes on, that passage just gets so silly. He goes, but if I do not do what I want to do, I agree that the law is good. This thing is trying to keep me in line. As it is, it's no longer I myself who do it. Listen to that. But it's sin living in me. It's not me that's even doing it. The real me is saved and forgiven and rescued and redeemed and restored into a relationship with God. That's not even the real me. What am I doing? I'm still living the way I don't want to live. Why? Because the flesh keeps putting up a good fight. For I know the good stuff 
I know the good itself does not dwell in me. That is in my sinful nature and in my flesh that the good doesn't dwell there. I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out for I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do this. I keep doing. I, I love that. That's the most honest passage in the scriptures. The good news is we're saved and we're forgiven and and we're restored into a relationship with God. But the bad news is, I got bad news for you. And it's that we keep uh, having to battle the flesh. So if that wasn't bad enough, that there's good news, yep. But the bad news is the flesh keeps coming at us. There's worse news, friends. And the worst news is that when we give into this flesh, I got worse news. When we give into the flesh, it's called sin. And sin brings nothing Good, go ahead, try a different language. No bueno, like sin, there's nothing good that comes out of this. So there's this destruction that happens. So even though we're forgiven people, even though we have been given the Holy Spirit, the flesh keeps putting up our, uh, a, a, a challenge to us, keeps coming at us. And then when we give into that, that's what sin is. And that brings nothing good. Let's, let's talk about sin for a minute. Can we do that? There's something about our modern culture that makes it even uncomfortable for us to talk about sin. But the truth is sin is simply this. And all of us who have begun to dive into a relationship with God and have a a biblical worldview, understand this idea. Sin is simply operating outside the perfect plan and desire of God. And that happens in us all the time. That even though we're forgiven and we want to follow God, we're, we're walking in ways, we're acting, we're thinking, we're judging in ways that are outside of God's plan for us, outside of the way we were created to be, outside of his perfect standards. And that's what sin is. And so it's godlessness. It's not bringing God into that action. It's not bringing God's truth into that action. It's not bringing God's kingdom into those actions or those thoughts or those judgments. It's God. Listness instead of godliness. And that's what sin is. And why do we do that, by the way? That might be the money question to take home as we go into this sermon series. Why do we do that? Why would we give in to the flesh? Why would we give in to all those temptations and off and live godlessly as opposed to in a godly way? I think it has something to do with our fear of not being in control. Because deep down, because God is an unseen God and the world is so chaotic and and evil and broken. And there's some lots of beauty in the world for sure. And we're the ones that we of all people know that and recognize it. But man, we're afraid that if God doesn't come through, we're jacked. And so we grab control. And so our flesh is always like, why don't you take what you need? Why don't you take what you can get? Why don't you react in a way that's out of your gut, out of your, out of your humanness and not out of all the truth that God gives us? Not out of the fact that God is present in the midst. It's about control. It's about us losing control and freaking out about it and either reacting or trying to gain it. But sin, all, that's what sin is. But sin always destroys And that's why it's the ugly within us. Because when it comes out, it's always has destructive consequences. It destroys what God's trying to bring about. It destroys God's kingdom coming. It it destroys what God's about. It destroys the kingdom values of love. It destroys justice. It destroys compassion. It destroys mercy. It destroys human dignity. It destroys our vision. It destroys our joy. It destroys 
Mostly it destroys relationships and it destroys our relationship with God of all things. That's why the scriptures say that sin brings death. Romans 6.23 just says it really simply. I think I've got that scripture there. Romans 6.3, for the wages of sin is death. There it is. But the gift of God's eternal life, that's the good news. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. It brings everything opposite of life when we give into our flesh and when we walk in sin. And we got to talk, I, I'm, we're talking sin today, yep. It's the ugly within and it brings death. So while we're redeemed and, and, and we're given the spirit, that's good news. We're still tempted and the flesh keeps coming at us, that's bad news. And we unfortunately and unwisely give into it and that's sin and that's the worst news. There's no short, there's like 12 sermons here. And one of them is this, by the way. Make a parenthetical sign, everyone. Parenthetically, okay. There you go, I'm seeing you, thank you. The enemy of our soul is real and is the author of much, if not all of this temptation because he's trying to bring, remember what Jesus said? Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it to the fullest. The enemy comes to bring the opposite, to steal. What's the next one? Anybody know? Kill and destroy, to bring death. And so the enemy is gonna come and keep coming and get in our way. And the, even though there's good news, the bad news and then the worst news takes effect in our lives. James chapter one talks about this cycle it says this, it says, but each person when they are tempted, Danny, keep up, James 1.14, but each person is tempted when they are dragged away and by their own evil desire enticed. And then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin and sin when it is fully grown gives birth to death. Isn't that a fascinating verse? This is how it works. We're tempted when we're dragged away by our own evil godless desires, meaning my own control, my own life, my own self-centeredness. God's not in the picture. That's an evil desire. We're dragged away and enticed. And then when that desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. That's action against God's will. And when that action is fully born, it brings death. But that's not what we were created for, friends. That is not what we Christians were redeemed for. And the New Testament keeps on encouraging us then to be on our guard and to be by the spirit, to run from sin and to be, non-sinfully or righteously holy to live lives with God and not without him, to live in the good news and not the bad news. Romans 6 sums it up this way. Look at this verse before I turn the corner and finish up our sermon this morning. Romans 6, in the same way you count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God, because that's what we are. That's the good news, right? Verse 12, therefore don't let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desire, like work against it. Next verse, 13. Don't offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought, good news, from death to life. Offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness for sin shall no longer, come on now church, sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under law, but under grace. And that's the better news that is really the best news. Good news, we've been saved. Bad news, the flesh keeps coming. Worse news, we sin and it brings death. 
But the better news is that we don't have to walk in it and Jesus will bring life. And we wanna look over this sermon series at then what it's gonna be like for us to come face to face with that ugly, come face to face with that temptation, come face to face with the godless stuff that bubbles up in us, especially in difficult times. That's why we're doing this series because these times are difficult, you guys. Like I have to tell you that. Our adrenaline is up, our anxiety is up, our, the future's unsure, our safety's in jeopardy. We have another election full of just junk and polarized thinking. That's why I was talking about that, that social dilemma commentary or uh, documentary. Like you gotta go see this on Netflix, it's fascinating. But just what I was thinking is that everything seems to be conspiring, including how social media is designed. Everything's conspiring in some ways to bring out our worst. That's awful. By the way, this family ministry is doing a movie night. Go on the family ministry site on our website and check that out. That's coming up in November where they're gonna watch that movie and discuss it together. Another parenthetical. So all of this is causing this anxiety to come out in us. But this sermon series is gonna be how it is that we do not need to get overwhelmed and, and, and give in to temptation and be stuck living out of the flesh during this season with the ugly leaking out all over. That we would be instruments of godliness, righteousness, not ugly in the world. And so we're gonna bring you through during this sermon series uh, for uh, a pattern of, of, of going through sort of a, a four-step process. I'm gonna to touch each one briefly in the next five minutes, okay? First, we're gonna uh, help you think about uh, reflection. We're gonna help you think about reflection. We're gonna pay careful attention to what is happening and why inside of us. We run, we run, we run. We go, this is life, this is life, this is life. This is normal, this is normal. We don't stop and reflect what's going on inside of us. What is happening inside of me? Is ugly coming out inside of me? What's going on? What am I feeling here? And BT dubs. I'm not talking just about anxiety and fears that we feel. There's, there's nothing sinful about anxiety coming over us. There's nothing sinful about us feeling fearful, right? I mean, man, that's, that's biochemistry. That's like, there's a lot to be anxious and fearful about. It's about what we do with that and how we respond to the Lord but we're gonna to wanna to reflect like, what's going on with me? Let me, let, me, let me pay careful attention to what's happening in my heart. Sometimes it's really easy. Galatians 5.19 talks about the fact that the acts of the flesh are obvious. The acts of the flesh are obvious, like you see them. And then by the way, it starts with sexual immorality. It's always a good one to, to a crowd pleaser to start with that. Like, like, this, like you kind of know if you stop and think about it, like this is not how I should be living. But the fruit of the spirit, man, that, like we judge a tree by its fruit. Like that fruit, we can see uh, sometimes easy, like, oh, I'm living out of the spirit right now. I'm, I mean, I'm outside the spirit. I'm living in the flesh. Sometimes it's a little harder and we have to look and go, so what is the fruit in my life? What's happening there? Why is it that my kids are not thriving right now? Why is it that my wife doesn't like me right now? Why is it that all my friends are staying away from me? It might be because there's ugly leaking out all over. I mean, I mean, maybe I got to sit down and go, why am I uncomfortable about the fact that every person on the TV is irritating me and I'm judging their physical appearance? You think that might be about me a little bit? We're going we're gonna to be reflective. What's going on? And we're going to posture ourselves to learn to be able to hear our hearts and say, what's happening, God? And that, friends, is about the Holy Spirit convicting us 
about sin and righteousness. That's John 16, eight, Danny, that the Holy Spirit has come to convict the world with regard to sin and righteousness. But we got to reflect on that. The Psalms that Bob read so good, Psalm 139, take a look at it again. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts and then see if there's any offensive way in me. How am I living? And lead me in the way of life, right? In the everlasting way. We're gonna pause daily before the Lord and reflect asking his Holy Spirit, what's my fruit? What ugly is coming out of me? We're gonna be reflective. Secondly, we're gonna be honest. Not only are we gonna be reflective, but we're gonna be honest. We're gonna practice honesty. This is about admitting to ourselves that we've sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We're gonna go full old school and call it what it is, which is sin and be honest about it. Romans 3.23 says that all have sinned, everybody sins and fallen short, you know the rest of the phrase? Of the glory of God. We've fallen short of living into the glory that God's made us in his image, living up to the glory of who God is. We've fallen short of it. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So we're gonna be admitting that because if we're gonna rationalize it or we're gonna be defensive or we're gonna blame other people, oh man, hang on, whoa. If we're gonna rationalize how the ugly com- what the ugly is, if we're gonna be defensive about it, we're gonna be in denial about it or worse, we're gonna blame everybody else around us. Then we are never going to be able to get in the place of understanding that this is death fruit coming from the ugly that I was not born to be living in because there's good news. We gotta be honest about it. First John 1, 8 talks about that honesty. It says this, I'll show it to you. It says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. That's all I need to read for now. But look, if we claim to be without sin, we're deceiving ourselves and we're not going about the business of being God's people. And so we're gonna have to be honest about it. Why are we so not honest about our sin, about being sinful people, about just admitting that? Uh, There's something in our Christian subculture that says we don't wanna look like we're a failure because the good news is supposed to so permeate our lives that we're not judgmental jerks like all those people who don't know Jesus. It's such a lame view. Listen, the flesh keeps putting up a battle and we have that temptation and we give into it and that sin and death and ugliness comes out of it. We're just straight up stubborn, stiff-necked people who don't want to admit when we're wrong. And we're not going to get very far if we don't go do some reflection and get honest. Third, not only we do reflection and get honest, we're going to also then talk about confession. Because if honesty is about admitting to ourselves that we've sinned, confession is more than just admitting to ourselves. It's admitting to God that we've fallen short of his glory. It's saying to God, it's not how you created me to be. It's not how I should live. And we confess it. And I want you to know, and we'll talk about this as we go through this series of, about what confession is, but it's not just saying we're sorry, even though we may really truly be sorry in that moment. It's not just saying we're sorry. We know that. Think all of the illustrations you could already make up about your ki- kids. You know, they say sorry, tell your sister you're sorry. Sorry, you know, and we're like, you're not sorry in the lead. You're, you're sorry permeates your soul, not one single millimeter. No, this is more so not about being sorry, even though we are sorry. It's about longing for restoration, longing for life to come out instead of brokenness and death and specifically longing for restoration back in our relationship with God from whom we have pulled away. Does that make sense? 
and confession re-engages us. We're saying, God, I want nothing between us. And let me confess that I've been sinful and ugly is coming out from within me and death is the result and I want life again. And of course, that brings us back to the good news. That first John passage, look at that second verse in the first John passage that I showed you a minute ago. Look at verse nine, second line. And if we confess our sin, if we claim to be without sin, we're lying. But if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Come on, somebody say good news out loud. That's the best, the better news. And it's good news. God will keep coming to us and with us. For a broken and contrite heart, Psalm 51 says, for a broken and contrite heart, God, you will never despise. What a generous and gracious father we have. So we're gonna do reflection and honesty in confession. And last, we're gonna do submission. And this is where some of the hard work comes. We're really gonna put ourselves back under the lordship of Jesus and under the authority and leading of his Holy Spirit that dwells in us. Let me say that again. We're gonna put ourselves back under the authority of Jesus and his Holy Spirit, the Lordship of his Holy Spirit who leads us. He's the fountain of living water flowing from within. Pastor Danny, figure out where that is and tell them that. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He brings life. So let's come back and engage with that life. Sin, when we sin, the ugly comes out because it's out of control. It's out of fear. But submission says, oh no, God, I come back into your, your leadership and your authority and your sovereignty and your goodness. Last verse, look at Psalm 51 again, Psalm 51, 10 this time and, and, and following. Create in me a pure heart, O God. Look at the words of purity and presence and perseverance. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. See this, this submission there to his work, to his purity. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. If I had a whole another sermon here, friends, I would talk about each one of those verses. God creates a pure heart in us. That's his work. That's his transformation that without it, we cannot have life come from us by his Holy Spirit. So we're gonna ask God for purity. The second verse talks about presence. God, don't cast me away from your spirit. There's some reframing that needs to be done there, friends. That's Old Testament language where there was a real danger that when you sinned, that you in fact were away from God, that his Holy Spirit who only came on some people for some things at certain times, that the Holy Spirit would be removed from them. But you never, never will he drive away uh, you from him. We have this assurance of our salvation because it's based on grace, not on our sin and our ugly. It's based on his love for us. It's unilateral, it's unconditional. And he'll never send us away from him He'll always be with us. And so instead of praying like the psalmist did, cast me not, uh, what does it say? Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. We actually pray now because of the message of Jesus. Oh God, thank you. You'll never cast me away. Thank you. Your presence is always here to bring life in me. And then we ask God to restore to us the joy, the motivation, the internal presence to just keep persevering. We'll talk about those things as we go through this sermon series, that idea of how submission looks that God would do his work. So we got good news, we're saved. We got bad news, the flesh keeps coming at us. We got worse news and that is that we give into it and ugly comes out. 
But the better news is when we submit ourselves to this generous father and this transforming Holy Spirit, life comes. And it's possible if we're willing to live that way. Let's take a look at all that stuff within us, you guys, during this series. And I think all of this comes from our fears that God's not with us, that God's not for us. So the first step in all of our reflecting and all our honesty and all our confession and all our submission, the first step is going to be that we rehearse the truth. That's what worship is. That we rehearse the truth that Jesus Christ is Lord and that he brings life and will always do so. Let's submit to him all that we are in worship right now together.